Welcome to another episode of the FAU U Press Play, a podcast hosted by the FAU University Press. This is the sports episode, episode number 13, 14. I've lost count. Time has flown by. Time is a flat circle. Shout out to Kyrie Irving. I'm the business manager, Joseph Acosta. I'm accompanied on this wonderful voyage by sports editor Richard Pereira and photo editor Eston Parker. Eston, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty well. Richard, how about you? I'm doing good myself. I'm just glad the Celtics got a game before they meet their eventual downfall in game five. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about the uh, Boston Celtics in the NBA playoffs. But first, we have to talk about the end of the season for the Florida Atlantic Owls baseball team. They headed into the Conference USA playoffs with a, I guess, one game win streak, having beat the University of Miami. They went in, they lost their first game to Old Dominion by a score of 11 to 2. And then they went on and beat Charlotte and Middle Tennessee before losing to Old Dominion again, 13 to 5. And it feels like Old Dominion was kind of FAU's boogeyman this whole season. They couldn't they couldn't get over the hump against this team. And I think it's because Old Dominion does what FAU does really well. And they hit homers a lot. In their final game, which Old Dominion, like I said, won 13 to 5, Old Dominion hit seven home runs. Seven. Andy Gariola had three. And, you know. A hat trick of home runs. He had a hat trick of home runs. You know, this team, Old Dominion, has been one of the leaders in Conference USA in terms of hitting for the entire season. And they went and showed it. They showed out, man. And congratulations to them. I believe they won the Conference USA tournament. They They won the entire thing. Um, Richard, I'll start with you. What happened at the end for FAU? How had they lose those few games? Well, for starters, they met their match in Old Dominion. Like both teams were um, talented offensively. What mattered most was the defense and and the pitching most most importantly. And Old Dominion pretty much had that from the start. In the first, clearly in the first game, when they only allowed two runs from FAU. And then when they met again in the semifinals where they only allowed five runs, while the offense for Old Dominion just came through for the most part. And um, luckily for FAU, they did make an effort. They bounced back from the first loss to beat with one seeded Charlotte, who nationally ranked just like Old Dominion. And then we took pretty much had our best performance of the tournament against Middle Tennessee. And I'm pretty sure that game featured a grand slam from Jackson Winstrom. That, mm-hmm. that was good stuff. Uh, it, it was pretty much an up and down tournament for the Owls. Like we had our highs with pretty much giving Charlotte an early exit despite being the top seed in the conference and then make taking care of business against Middle Tennessee. And then we had our lows, which were both losses against Old Dominion where our offense just couldn't wake up and the pitching wasn't exactly good enough, or it was good at some point until it went down in flames in the final innings. So it was yeah. just a tough tournament for FEU. 
but respect yeah. to effort they did and they do unfortunately they're not gonna be they're not they're not invited in the ncaa tournament the selection happened today um on a monday and they weren't selected at all to be in the regionals so the season yeah yeah the season ended unfortunately for fau they won't be going to the ncaa tournament Eston, how would you grade this overall season for the owls baseball team Overall, I'd, I'd give it a B. Actually, considering that they they did pretty well in the tournament, um, of course, they didn't, you know, they didn't win it all, win it all, Old Dominion had our number, but I, I'd give us a B plus, actually, on second thought. Um, had, a, had a bit of a rough patch um, halfway towards the season especially after that I think it was the first game against the UM um, where we kind of went on a, a big cold spell but we I mean offensively really consistent throughout the season a ton of bright spots and BJ Murray Nolan Shanuel, um Pendleton. and of course Pendleton to start the year um, and, uh, Steve and, Oden, who mm-hmm. had one of the best batting averages out of everybody so, and and even from a pitching standpoint, Javi Rivera finished the season seven and zero. Yeah. Um. And and considering that we've been talking about the pitching being pretty, I'd say inconsistent all season. Javi was the most consistent of arguably any pitcher in all the conference USA. So there's a lot of bright points, and it's really encouraging going into next season. Yeah, I definitely think it's encouraging because. This team outperformed, I'm not going to say outperformed expectations. They were preseason favorites to win the Eastern Division of the Conference, of Conference USA. They had a really good season. It just kind of sputtered out at the end. They didn't have enough pitching. But the one saving grace is this team is relatively young. I mean, Javi Rivera is a sophomore. B.J. Murray is a sophomore. Bobby Morganson, who made the All-Conference USA tournament team, is a senior. And Jackson Winstrom's a junior, so we don't know if they'll be returning. Nolan Shanuel's a freshman. Steven Loden's a freshman. You keep going. Hunter Cooley, pitcher, is a sophomore. Jared Santolo's a junior. Mitch Hardigan's a sophomore. Nick, I think Nicholas Tony. Nicholas Tony's a sophomore. Caleb Pendleton's a freshman. Mikey Atenza is a junior. Dante Visconti's a freshman. This is a relatively young team. So they're going to be back again next year. I think with another year of development under Coach McCormick, the pitching staff is going to be a whole lot better. I expect Pendleton, Shanuel, B.J. Murray, Nicholas Tony, they're, they're all going to have standout years. And if they can get Intenza and Mitch Hardigan, not Mitch Hardigan, but Jackson Winstrom to stay for one more year, it might be cooking with gas a little bit because that returning group of hitters will once again be there at the top of the conference in batting. So while this season didn't exactly end the way that the Owls wanted, I think there's a lot of hope for next year. Like, I won't be surprised if come around next year preseason, they're picked to be one of the favorites to win the division again because, dude, these guys can rake. And that's, that's something that you can't, like, you can't duplicate at other schools, how good they can hit. But the pitching has to roll around to come up to that standard of the hitting. 
So if they can get that to match up, then you know what? They're looking at a really good season for FAU next year. But this year, like we said, the pitching couldn't hold up. It, especially against Old Dominion. But the watershed just broke. And don't, that happened a lot with FAU pitching this year where it was – it wasn't good enough to keep up with the bats or it just imploded. But with the young guys they have returning, it's going to be a whole lot better next year. Now we move on into the NBA playoffs and oh boy, guys, we're gonna talk about the actual games first, but we need to talk about these fans, bro. You know, uh, in game two, of the uh, Sixers-Wizards playoff series, first-round playoff series, Russell Westbrook had popcorn dumped on his head. Trey Young was spat on by a New York Knicks fan. Yes, and we're still in a pandemic, which is general fan behavior. Um, John Morant's father was called all sorts of names, racial slurs. Dylan Brooks' family was called racial slurs as well. And then today, or actually not today, we'll go, we'll go to yesterday. A fan threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. And then today, literally a few minutes before we went, we went started recording, a fan ran onto the court during the Sixers-Wizards uh, game. Dude, Essen, I'll start with you. What is going on? I think it's people that are – well, some of them – they. I'm sure some of them are just craving attention. Um, for example, the guy running onto the court, that just screams, I want attention and I want clout. But for the people that are yelling out the, the slurs or the, the really disrespectful comments, um, there's – of course, there's that line where you can, as a fan, you know – don't you you may not like the other team so you're going to talk smack as a fan but there's a line to be crossed and when that line is crossed there are consequences for that for those actions um and it shouldn't happen and i i think that also can and, and this is no excuse but you know considering that last year there were no fans for the playoffs obviously there was everyone was in the bubble um it was kind of a, it was kind of a toss up as to what we were going to get from fan reception. Of course, in certain places like Boston, you know, they have a reputation for being a pretty intense fan base, especially towards opposing teams. And, um, you know, it, you hate to see it. You really do. And a lot of it shouldn't be happening, especially the, the, at this point with people throwing slurs I, I don't know what else there is to say. Like, it shouldn't happen. It should not happen. And thankfully for the people that have been saying those heinous things, they're not allowed back. Um, and things like like the popcorn, like, come on. Come on. Are, 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 you, not to mention, popcorn's expensive as hell at those games. You're about to waste your money on that. Come on. And, and the, and the spitting. Off, was hurt. Yeah. just literally add insult to injury come on guys and and the in the spitting that's 
that that's pretty low um and it's, it, to make it like jp said we're still in a pandemic and we're doing that come on and it doesn't even matter if the person was vaccinated it's just completely uncalled for but hopefully um it will subside a bit as the playoffs continue so yeah and hopefully it does subside as it continues those people who did all those really stupid things have all been banned some have been have charged have had charges pressed against them richard what is the best way that you think the nba can combat these events from happening again fines and not to mention the charges which it which is which which did happen to the guy who threw the water bottle at Kyrie being charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon oh <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yes if I'm a player and you throw a water ball at me yes I'm gonna say assault with a deadly weapon but yeah like huge fines because this just can't be tolerated like not to mention the the, the racial slurs, the like all of this for what? So uh, of course attention it does play a factor, but there's just no excuse. You just can't tolerate it whatsoever. So yeah, NBA should like in like implement fines for people who do these kinds of things, and of course being banned from the arenas, uh, whether it be temporary or permanent, which could which which should be preferable because you, you, you don't want this to be tolerated in any place whatsoever. So, you know what? I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And if you don't think there's a racial aspect to any of these events happening to the players, then you're clearly not, you're choosing not to see it. In a league that's majority black, fans are majority white, coaches are majority white, owners majority white, GMs majority white, reporters are majority white. When you have fans that think they own you because you supposedly pay their salary, which doesn't even, that doesn't even work. Players don't get paid based off their tickets. They get paid off of TV revenue. So more than likely, if you're at the game, you're not paying for that much of that player's salary. If you choose not to see that all these are happening to black players, you're getting, they're getting trash thrown at them. They're being called racial slurs all by fans who think they own the player. And this concept of fan ownership is so dumb. And it's dumb mainly because these fans think they own the team just because they paid for a ticket. Their loyalties lie with the team instead of the player which is really weird to me considering like America's history of being anti like establishment and anti like you always want to stick it up for the individual, stick it, up, stick it to the man. But now that you are the man, you don't want to, you don't see the issues here. Like I don't, I understand it, but even like, Danny Ainge, oh my gosh. I'm gonna talk about Boston. I'm sorry, Richard. I gotta talk about Danny Ainge right here. What are you doing? Clearly, he said, uh, when Kyrie Irving said there has been instances of him being called racial slurs in Boston at TD Garden, 
Danny Ainge responded to that by saying, I've never, I've never heard anything like that. I've never heard black players say that when I played here. Excuse me, I never heard Kyrie Irving say that while I played here. Getting the cap. My, go ahead, get the cap. Go ahead, get the cap. Because my biggest thing is <laughs> Danny Ainge clearly didn't talk to the black players that he played with or coached or was the GM over. And the reason why is because I I proud I get that Kyrie Irving went talk to Danny Ainge about that. But the fact that Danny Ainge never talked to his black teammates when multiple players, multiple black players have spoken about being called racial slurs and racism in Boston. And the first thing Boston fans want to do is say, well, we're not Mississippi or we're not Alabama. We're not talking about Alabama right now. We're talking about you. You got to sit here and deal with the fact that you are a racist town to players when it comes to sports. Now, what are you going to do to fix that? That's your choice. But ultimately, my solution to all these fans thinking that they're big, that they're big and bad and tough, let players fight fans. We need another mouse in the palace. Meta world peace. And it's gonna be one. It's gonna be one more person. You're gonna be the wrong one at the time. And they're gonna end up getting like a, not coming until later. They're gonna yeah. get like a beer bottle bashed over their head, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, that's what we need. Because players, fans seem to think that they're tougher than the players. They think, oh, grow up. You have popcorn thrown on. Okay. Go ahead and throw up. If I was security guard when Russell Westbrook got mad, I would've been like, "Oh, I slipped. I, I don't know. He, I just let him go. My hands were slippery. You know, I, I've been picking up beer bottles and other drinks all day. My hands are kind of slippery. He just got out. Butterfingers. I have butterfingers. You know, or like I had to take a phone call on the job. Yes, I had to take a phone call. But we need to bring back pros versus Joes. Remember that show? Or they had average dudes compete against NFL athletes. But instead of like in their sport, it's got to be in like a UFC ring. It's got to be an octagon for one round. You should have to leave, you should have to sign a contract when you're getting tickets to a game that if you throw stuff at a player or call a player racial slurs, you are liable to be put in the octagon with that player for one round and try and survive. Hockey style. Bro, can you imagine Joel Embiid going up against some 5'10 scrawny white dude? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. Throw I've, him. Been, I've been thinking about this so much. You don't never see black people doing this. It's always white people. White people be throwing stuff at players and be like, oh, we own my dad owes your pays your salary, pal. That's them type of dudes. And they're always doing this. So something's gotta something's gotta end. It's either gotta be fines, arrests, or just let players punch fans in the face again. I am all for Ron Artest going up and decking a player. And not not a player, but a fan. And not to mention you're at whole mouse in the palace thing. Jermaine O'Neal almost sent one dude to God. But if he wouldn't have if he wouldn't have slipped, it would have been curtains for old dude. But Moving off of the fans subject, what surprised you what has surprised you guys from the first round so far? Because there's only been one team eliminated and that's the Miami Heat. But what has surprised you guys from the first round so far? Uh, Richard, I'll start with you. I gotta go with the 
Well, besides Milwaukee's uh, broom sweeping of the Miami Heat, oh, that that is very shocking. I I, I can't buy that. I I did not expect that so early, and that that has a lot of factors. But I would go with the Lakers and Suns. Like it has been a great series so far, despite the the nagging injuries, like with Chris Paul first, and now we got Anthony Davis with a groin injury. That's tough, and. And as I expected, it's going six games at least. But man, once AD went down, Drummond had the nightmare of his life trying to defend the paint against DeAndre Ayton. Bro. (laughs) I hate to interrupt this segment, but a fan has charged the field at at a minor league baseball game. We need to, you know what? Wait, wait go back wait, to no which, fans. Where, where is this? Where, uh, what I think team? the the Mets minor league team is playing in Port St. Lucie. I don't think it's Port St. Lucie, but uh, it's a minor league team that starts with CC. Uh, let me see if I can find out any more details. It's a baseball. Yikes! Ugh. Again, you know, you know what? You know what we need. Go back to go back to pandemic crowds. No crowds, just cardboard fans. You can't. You want to act up? It's like when you're a child. See the Clippers. Yeah, you get you get put in timeout. You gotta go, you gotta go to timeout. You you had your chance and you blew it, trying to be all big and bad, and almost getting punched in the face. Now you gotta go sit back down in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's simple. Go sit in the corner. You know what you did. Now you got to do the time. You so, got to you got to do the time. And you know what? Again, this player or this fan ran up on this pitcher after he delivered a pitch. My thing is, if you run up on me, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm fan or not, you're getting a left hand. I'm. I don't care. Like you're. Imagine if someone interrupted your job and poured like, or threw a water bottle at you or poured popcorn over your head. I would be fighting. <laughs> like I don't know about you guys, but I would try and hurt that person. But anyway, I digress, I digress. Esten, what has been the most shocking thing to you from the playoffs so far? Um, other than the Miami Heat forgetting to, or forgetting how to play basketball. Um, And, and Richard said the Suns, so he kind of got me on that one. I got to say the the Clippers finding their way back to make it 2-2. Um, I'm, I will say I've been pretty impressed by that, which also, by the way, the Kawhi slander last week, I get it. You know, he, he, he probably should have stayed in Toronto. But when people were saying it was his fault when they lost game two, when the dude dropped, I think, 41 points. What more do you want him to do? He He's still continuing to play pretty well. And, yeah, if Doncic wasn't getting hurt, Clippers would probably – I mean, the Clippers would not – probably not be in this position. Um, now, I will continue to say I love watching playoff D. 
because it is just he is the running joke. But um, I, I will He's say been playing that, good. That, yeah, that and, and 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 that's that's great. That's good for him. I he, genuinely I hope that his his version of playoff P comes to fruition for his own sake. Um, but I, I I am impressed by the Clippers and their slight resurgence here. So, well, I attribute the Clippers' resurgence to two things. Luka Doncic is clearly not okay. Like he's clearly messed up. He had forty four points in Game Three, and he was holding his left shoulder. He was missing free throws. That's how bad this has gotten. He had to carry the team with a nerve strain in his neck because okay, okay, okay. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you these stats and I want you to I want you to guess how tall this player is. This player in four games against the Clippers <laughs> has four rebounds, four rebounds, three rebounds, and five rebounds. Eston, guess how tall this player is. Seven or six eleven. Wrong. Seven foot three, Christoph Porzingis. Every game this season, he has been the tallest player on the court and has been getting out-rebounded by Faku Campazo. Who? The point guard for the Nuggets. Averages more rebounds than Kristaps Porzingis. You are a seven-foot-three jump shooter. And you don't even do that well enough. Okay, I petition. We need to call that the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade from now on. Because Porzingis sucks. Like, he's not good. I, he doesn't... Okay, there was, a, there was a part of the game in game three where he had he switched on to Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's like 6'3", so Porzingis has a whole foot over him. And shoot over him. <laughs> he shoots a turnaround jumper 15 feet away from the basket. Brick. Clippers come down, hit a three. Ice the game. This dude is not good. You are seven foot three, and all you do is shoot jumpers. You don't even rebound. You don't even play good defense. You get dropped by Paul George multiple times a game. What are you doing? This team, Luka Doncic can't do it by himself. As otherworldly as Luka Doncic is, he needs help, and Porzingis is not that guy. And they're paying him a lot of money to be Sean Bradley. That's what he is right now. He's Sean Bradley. It sounds like Porzingis should be playing for the Heat instead. No, don't bring him to the Heat. No. No. He sounds like a Heat player. He can't shoot. He can't play. And I know I went on a huge trade there, but the team that surprised me the most, honestly, it's been the Memphis Grizzlies. They're not going to win that series, but they are giving the Jazz 60 minutes, 48 minutes of absolute business on both sides of the floor. They're making it tough for them to get baskets. Donovan Mitchell coming back has been huge for Utah, but John Morant, I mean, the, the kid's special. I say kid, we're the same age. The dude is special. And they just need one more guy. If they had one more guy outside of Ja who could get his own shot, so I'll be safe from Dylan Brooks' contested jumpers. 
this series would be a lot different, but they're playing their hearts out for the entire series. And, you know, they're not going to win this series, but the future for Memphis is really, really bright if they keep this young group of guys around them. So I'm going to ask you, I'll start, I'll start with you, Richard. We'll go around the horn real quick. What team do you think is in the most, what top team do you think is in the most trouble uh, still in this first round? Oh, well, first off the Lakers, like it's going to be difficult if, especially if AD is not at his best for the rest of the series. And it's likely that it's going to be that he might miss a one or two games. So it's, it will be absolutely crucial for LeBron to pick up the pace and just flat out take over for, for um, at least a majority of the game, because there's no way the Lakers will win if LeBron doesn't do that. Eston, what team do you think is the most, what top team do you think is the most in trouble in this first round? Um, without repeating what Richard said, I'm, I'm going to go with the Nuggets on this one. I mean, the, the Trailblazers have quietly been giving the Nuggets a lot of trouble. Um, I can, if there's anyone that can will his team to victory into a series, I think it is Damian Lillard. He will do the Dame Dash on him. He's got CJ McCollum with him. I, I got some confidence in them. So, you know, I hate to do this because it's like bad sports podcasting, but I agree with you, Eston. I think the Nuggets could potentially be in trouble. And the main reason is I don't think Faku Campazo, I don't think you can hide Faku Campazo anymore defensively. Because he's pesky. You're gonna he's pesky, but again, you're asking the guard Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum or shoot Carmelo Anthony, who I mean Mello has been mellow. Off the bench. Off the bench. He's been He's been Nuggets mellow, which is great because they're playing the Nuggets. But <laughs> if Denver can't find a way to slow down their guard play, then they could be in trouble. But then again, Portland doesn't play defense. I mean, outside of those teams, I think the Knicks are more than likely cooked. They just don't have the talent. They play hard, but they just don't have the talent. Derrick Rose can only do so much. And that's the thing. When you got to rely on Derrick Rose being your team's leading scorer, if this is 2014, I'd say, okay, let's roll with it. If this is 2012, I'd be like, absolutely. But it's 2021, man. I don't think he can do that anymore. Julius Randle is not that guy. But Atlanta looks good. They do. I don't think they're going to beat Philly. But they look really good. And Trey Young for as much crap as people give him, has been a baller this series. He has quieted all the chants from the Knicks. He's been spit on. He's been yelled at by fans, and he went and silenced them. He said, we'll meet y'all back in the A, and they won two straight games in blowouts. But Clay Capella is doing his thing, absolutely doing his thing on both sides of the the, um, court. His, I think there was a span of plays during game three where it was just four straight lobs to click a fell off pick and roll. And at that point, I was like, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks are cooked. They can't do this. They just don't have the talent. But I think our finals, our final thing would be 
who do you think will be in the finals this year? We'll, we'll just go quick around the horn. Just give me the two teams, and we'll end it on that. Essen, I'll start with you. Um, out of the East, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Out of the West, I'm going to go with the Suns. Hmm. Richard? Um, of course, about uh, the ratings. Uh, oh, bah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking the Nets and Lakers series would be a huge ratings series, but if they're going to be out of form and I see Milwaukee as a likely finals team. So I'll go with them from the East and from the West. It could be the Clippers, the Lakers or Phoenix, but I'll stick it with the Lakers for now. All right. Out of the East, I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. I think they just have too much firepower. The only team that can really beat them, I think is Milwaukee, but I think there's just too much. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Richard knows this too well. If you have one guy that doesn't show up, okay, Kevin Durant will get you 40 on 15 shots because that's just the guy that he is. And James Harden is playing like a top five player in the league. Out of the West, you heard it here first, the Los Angeles Clippers will make the finals. I I know, I know, I know. I know. You know what? I'm not going to. I don't think the Jazz are that great. And if Chris Paul isn't 100%, the Lakers and the Suns are both dealing with injuries. I think the Clippers are going to win against Dallas. I think they're going to beat Utah in the series. Because, man, Kawhi and Paul George are playing great. Like, Kawhi has been in Terminator mode. But... Yeah, man, I'm going to be made to look like an idiot with this uh, prediction because, of course, the Clippers will do that to me. But I'm going to say Clippers-Nets in the finals. You heard it here first. But that's going to do it. That's going to do it. Go ahead. Say that again. I, I missed that. Patrick Beverly versus Kyrie. That will be fun. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to find us on YouTube at University Press. Find us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, at You Press Play. Make sure to like, subscribe, give us a follow, give us five stars. If you don't, you're going to make us sad. You don't want to make any college kids real sad. Otherwise, we'll go send Big Red after you. But from sports editor Richard Pereira, photo editor Essa Parker, I am Joseph Acosta. Wishing you a great rest of your day and a great weekend.